0: Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: HIV, Hope and Charity is a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a Berkshire-based charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess, and we work for TVPS. And our mission is to give people affected by HIV a voice. If you'd like to know more about the work we do, visit our website tvps.org.uk. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. Now, this week's hot topic before our guest is, uh, well, something that happened to you. You very kindly agreed to go to quite an important meeting, because I couldn't. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. And it would have been great. Your notes were really meticulous. It was almost like I was there. Yes. There's one aspect of that meeting... (laughs)
2: I mean, I'm glad you weren't, let me tell you. I just don't want to be associated with it. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, or me, generally. What, um, did, what did you do? I mean, well, no, I was sat minding my own business. I think my bag might have been out a bit in the aisle, unfortunately, um, and someone fell crotch first into my face. <laughs> Quite a high-up important person. <laughs> it was awful. And I was by myself, so I couldn't even look to anyone to be like, oh, help me, <laughs> or did you see that that happened? So yeah, embarrassing all round for both of us. So, uh, Did you know who you were? I, no, I do not think so. I I'm not sure.
1: Excellent. To be honest. I mean, honest. These, these are quite extreme lengths to go to so that you don't ever have to attend a meeting in my place again. <laughs> Just You've deliberately tri- tri- tripped up, I can't even speak, <laughs> tripped up someone who's quite a, a key HIV
2: stakeholder. Yes, yes. I mean, fingers crossed they don't know who I am, right? Well, you, you just can't go to any more meetings. Yeah, that's it. Cut the hair, change. His hair? hair? No, mine. Oh, mine will change how I look. <laughs> no. no, no, we're not cutting his hair. His <laughs> hair is <laughs> fine. So sorry if you're listening to this. Yes. So hey, sorry for your embarrassment.
1: <laughs> I mean, we, we are a professional organisation. We just move on. Yeah, yeah. Who's today's guest? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, thank you for joining us today on our podcast. That's all right. Um, We've known each other for a long time, and I am so glad that you agreed to come and talk to us, because you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to living with HIV. (laughs) Thank you,
2: Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of pressure.
1: (laughs) I fear I might have built you up too much now, but we'll see how we go. (laughs) So, what? I think would be really beneficial is just for um, us to chat about what it's like to live with HIV now I should say that you've got a career very successful career and a family and a husband juggling all these things and living with HIV Yes. is it a struggle? because you seem to manage
3: really well it was a struggle in the beginning but I think it actually helped me Mm. rather than sitting and thinking about my diagnosis, I just get on with stuff. And also my job is about helping other people. Yes. So when I do go to work, I throw myself into my job mm-hmm. rather than thinking about my diagnosis. Yeah. Um. But the way I look at things now, it's just like anyone really who even not got a diagnosis because these things have to be done. So I don't really look at it as if um, um, I'm a superwoman or anything. I think every single mummy would say the same, would have gone through things the same way I'm going through things, with a diagnosis or not. The diagnosis helped me to actually fight to get what I want. So it's made you stronger? Yes.
1: Oh, definitely. okay. And you're, I mean, you've got many titles. You're
3: a busy lady. <laughs> but I guess HIV doesn't define you? Yes, um, I think HIV now is just like a tick Mm -hmm. because I have to go to hospital, I have to take my tablets but it's no longer important in my life. Oh really? No. How long did it take you to get to that point? It it took a long time because in the 90s there was no medications and there was no information. Um, Being an African woman, all what I thought was I was going to die Mm. But I was extremely, extremely lucky because my husband has been always, always um, supportive. Mm. So that helped a lot. Um, again, at the beginning, it was a uh, fear that he might just walk away. Um, I think if I want to be fair, at the beginning, I was actually trying to push him away. I remember very well, I said to him when I first, first find out, if he walk away, I wouldn't blame him because if it was the other way around, r- I would have gone already. Right. And you just say, don't be so silly. Mm. But um, 25 years is a long time to be with someone. So that that has been really, really, really a, a good relationship. Although we have loads of problems. But um, yeah, you've been very supportive. In the 90s, there were no medication. Mm-hmm. And I become quite unwell. Very, very unwell. Um, hence, I was transferred to uh, Chelsea for my treatment. Because in my local gum, they didn't have any medication to give me. Um, Again, my husband had to, the first few months, drive me there for me to get used to London. Um, And I was put on different trial medication for almost like five years. Mm. And those were hard times. And those were the times when I thought I was going to die. But my life started turning around in 2004. um, I started taking medication, which I'm still taking now. And I've become quite strong uh, physically. So yeah, it's been up and down, but now I'm happy to say I'm quite stable. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yes. And I know because
1: I've been through some of that journey with you because yes. we've known each other a while. Um And How I think
2: long have
1: you guys known each other? Oh gosh, it must be about fifteen. Yes, fifteen, 15 years. Wow. How long?
3: Time. yeah but I actually miss those days oh do you well because um, it was something to something to go where you belong yes although I felt that the group which was coming then I was always ahead mm. because what they needed I had already achieved yes so I, basically I was coming here to support other people do you remember when we went to Cornwall yes to retreat yes there was, I can't remember his name and we, me and him we had to share driving the bus
2: yes <laughs> we drove the bus yes were you just getting everyone involved in just doing all the jobs right Sheila you
3: were driving the bus exactly no, what, what happened was so we were going it was like few of us obviously this guy was going to drive but he needed someone else to help him to drive right. to get to Cornwall and back but then I said to myself this is not a bus this is an 11 seater I can do this. And Sarah just laughed. Oh, I
1: love <laughs> it. In a supportive way. <laughs> <laughs> like, just crack on. This, this amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah. If you want to, that would be a good idea. <laughs> so I was like, call. <laughs> <laughs> so has having HIV given you some confidence? Is that... I think it being African and coming to Europe gave me confidence. Mm. HIV, I walk a little bit. There are some people who are my age, they will never leave England. Mm. They will never go in a plane. So considering that I came to, I had a choice to go to America or come to England. I was in Russia. I don't know why I chose England. Mm. But to do all that journey by yourself, they need to be told an awful diagnosis all by myself. I think that just gave me really um, energy to fight yes yeah because you're thinking i've come all the way and this is the way things are then you just have to do it yeah there's no sister there's no mom there's no i didn't have friends i had to do it yes yeah and you did (laughs) and you are (laughs) now it's easy because now eventually through my journey i've made so many friends um here coming here was so empowering i made friends through here and also, all those retreat weekends, you remember I went to, we went, me, and i think thinking, was it only me and I met these guys there, North Wales? Yes. So yeah. all of those things was, like, really, really um, very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. I think I'm saying it as a joke, but I think I really benefited from TVPs and made me stronger and made me friends. I made friends through all those uh, retreats yes, and it was um, amazing for me it's what made me the way I am now
1: what do you think about we we were talking on another podcast about the number of new referrals that are women so we've seen a rise in the number of women being diagnosed who say exactly what you said they're convinced they're going to die Mm -hmm. even though medication is available that stigma still hasn't hasn't gone what would your advice be to them, like living now, finding out you're diagnosed?
3: I think the best thing is to look out where there's any support. Mm-hmm. Meet other people and hear other people's stories. And stop being stuck on HIV. Because HIV is just like someone having diabetes. Mm. People people don't see HIV like that. People... Um, see HIV as this big monster but if you look at it that way it's going to stop you from actually focusing on the important things because your your whole you, spiritually, physically you'll be consumed Mm. with HIV, it's not healthy it's not going to help you so look for any support around you look for people who are maybe in the similar way talk about it and be honest with yourself and above all Love yourself. It doesn't matter how much you are hating. It doesn't matter how much you are ill with the medication. If you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you. Mm. So you need to start first so that other people, they need, they can love you. But if you don't love yourself, what do you, how can you expect someone else who doesn't live in your body mm-hmm. to? You? Also, you need to do things like massage, reiki, so like just pampering yourself and telling yourself that you are important. Even if, if it is difficult, but you need to repeat those things, um, because you going to lose yourself and everything will be taken with HIV if you don't remind yourself those things we take for granted. Yes. Because it doesn't change you as a person. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't go away. No. So you need to change the way you see HIV. Then, only then it will go out. It will go away in terms of your mind. It doesn't go away in your body, but you won't. Get exhausted, uh, like thinking about it, mm. because you could eat HIV, breathe HIV, everything HIV. You could walk. I remember I wanted to be pregnant also. I used to walk around seeing people who are pregnant, and I used to put it down to HIV. Oh, yes. what that you couldn't have a baby? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't have a baby. Um, I'm not sure what happened to my tubes. So my tubes are blocked. But I was convinced it's because of HIV. Even now, I don't know why my Philippine tubes are blocked. Yeah. But everything, every single thing, I blame it to HIV. Right, okay. Even when I, I, I failed my degree at the beginning, because I spent a lot of time in hospital, I blame it to HIV. Although, obviously, I was given a chance to retake my exams. But it was all to do with HIV. But when I look back... It was just me trying to find an excuse, mm. something to blame, because I was so bitter, and I couldn't see forward. I couldn't focus. Yeah, because everything was about HIV. It's
2: amazing to hear your your viewpoint on that and have such like self awareness and acceptance to say actually no, that, that's I'm not going to blame all of that. It's yes. yeah.
3: To me, when I look back, it was almost like I was in denial. Mm. I knew that I was HIV positive, but it didn't sink in. I know it, but I haven't accepted it. Yeah. So if you don't accept anything, you can't move forward. On the day you accept it and you put it at rest, that's when your recovery. It's so true, that, isn't it? Yeah. It is, but it can take different people
1: different yeah. amount of times, can't it? It does,
3: but it, it, the sooner you accept it, because this is lo- like, it's not going to go away. You mm. can be undetectable. You can be um, all sorts, but it's not going to go away. Yes. So the sooner you get okay with that, the better. The longer you take to accept it, the longer you are going to just kill yourself slowly. Because mm. it's, it's not going to go away.
1: So, what would you say to yourself now, your newly diagnosed self? Because you have a lot more experience. What,
3: what would your advice be to her? I would want to listen. I would want to listen to them to hear what their um, issue with the diagnosis is. Because right. each person is different. Mm. So my issues were different, but I think it's about the person saying, "What are they tr- struggling with?" Then when you know what, if I know what they are struggling with, that's what you start working on. Because some people are okay with the diagnosis, maybe they are not okay with the way they look. And some people they don't care about the way they look, or they don't care about being HIV, but they don't like to take medication. Mm. So each person, some people have got a combination of everything, but each person have their struggles. It's HIV positive, but each person got their struggle struggles around that word. So it's about knowing what your really problem is Mm. and then deal with it separately. And then that will help you to uh, accept and to change little things you can change. Mm. But the most important thing is not to keep it and talk about it. I think that's key, isn't it? Because I think once you hear
1: what other people, what concerns they have around their diagnosis, it can then help you to put your concerns into perspective. So if you are isolated, if you don't have anyone to talk to, I think those fears just build up massively.
2: It's part of why we wanted to make this podcast series, really. If some people aren't, aren't even feeling ready to come somewhere like TVPS and speak with someone like you, Sheila, and you know, hear from someone else who's been diagnosed for such a long time, at least they can listen to this podcast yeah, and hear your experiences. I'm telling you,
3: in the 90s, it was so isolating. It's Even thinking about it, it's painful to think about it. And that's the main problem. Mm. Um, not to know. And you know, yeah, you're thinking you're the only person. And uh, almost like blaming yourself. Oh, for Blaming myself for being HIV. For contracting it? Yes. That's still common today. That. That's
1: something we hear a lot,
3: isn't yes. it? I mm. didn't think someone who's not HIV can listen. Can understand what I have to go through. I always think, well, in order for someone to feel the way I feel, they would, they should be HIV Mm. positive. Mm. Um, I remember telling my brother that I was exhausted and he said, Oh, we are all exhausted. And I said, that's it. I'm not talking to him again. (laughs) (laughs) But he is not positive and he's like, just generally, everybody's exhausted, and I was talking about exhaustion. That sometimes I have to stay home to go to bed, but then when I go to bed, I can't even sleep. Oh, yeah! So, you know, when you just like run down and you said, Oh, yeah, yeah, we are all exhausted. I said, Really? I find it very, very empowering talking to other HIV people mm. because if I say I'm exhausted, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah.
1: And they can empathise and they've been there themselves. It's, I definitely think kind of peer support and having open houses where everyone can come yeah. and just chat. It is so important. It's very important. Really important for people's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and also so that they know they're not alone.
3: Yes. Also, some don't want to talk about it. Some want to talk. But if you come here TVPS, you don't have to do either Yes. Nobody ask you. It's up to you. If you anyway, that's my experience. It's up to you what you want to share. Mm. And staff are always ready to smile. If they don't put pressure on you, it just you could. I remember coming, not saying anything to anyone, or listening to people, and go home. So it's very important in that way. People will eventually get ready. Yes. And they're ready to talk. And when they are ready to talk, there's someone to listen.
1: Absolutely. I think it's about learning that, you know, you're in control of this. Yeah. And it's up to you when you decide Mm. to talk, not to talk. Some people come here and they never talk. They always just listen. But that's enough for them.
3: Yeah, because if you want to talk and there's nowhere to talk, that's destroying. Definitely. Mentally destroying. Definitely. Oh,
1: thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom
3: (laughs) and it is wisdom I know you don't like too many compliments I always say there's anyone who wants to talk about HIV anytime I'm always willing to make time because I don't want someone to go through what I've gone through yes definitely It's, it's giving HIV power so why would we want to do that
1: Excellent. Wise words, you see.
2: You are full of wisdom. Thank you so much, Sheila. That's all right. Thank Thank you you. for your
1: time and just thank you for being you because you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about our work, visit our website tvps.org.uk.